1: Love Talk radio.
0: What if you were wearing something sexy? What if you were drinking? What if you made the first move? No matter what, sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAINN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. This is Christina Ricci with Rain, reminding you, it's never your fault. Brought to you by Rain and this station.
1: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keyes. I'm your host, Joy Keyes, and thank you so much for tuning in. I just got off the phone with singer Michael Mayo. We were just discussing his song, I'm sorry, album Bones. I'm going to give away some copies, so you want to follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keyes. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keyes. And on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Now I'm going to be speaking with Namina Forna about her book, The Gilded Ones. New York Times best-selling author. I think this is her on the line now. Namina, is it you? Hi. Hey. Can you hear me? Yes, hey.
0: yeah.
1: you hear me? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for having me. Oh my God! I could not. Put this book down. Like I was like, Joy, go to sleep. You you gotta do other <laughs> things. But remember, you gotta you gotta interview with Michael Mayo. Also, I know, I know, but like, I gotta. But this is so good. I'm at the, and she's about to do. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That that's how I was like reading the book. I was like, I know what's this. I know what's that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. So anyway. <laughs> so, um, Oh my gosh. <laughs> look, I read a lot of books and trust me, not every book I read do I always say like, I can't put it down. Like they're a good books, but to not want to put it down and like make myself go to sleep type of thing. it yeah. Mm-hmm, this is good. Um, let me say that um, you are from Sierra Leone, West Africa, but you came to the U.S. and you went to Spelman. Let me ask, yes. Spelman influenced this book greatly. If you didn't go to Spelman, would you have written the same book? Um,
0: not exactly as it is, because um, I think that basically, well, no. I think the answer is no, because when I was at Spelman, um, growing up, I always had all these questions about, like, why girls were treated a certain way and why boys weren't. And, like, I I always kept asking why, why, why. But in Spelman, I took women's studies classes, and that was sort of what um, gave me sort of the base of knowledge to be able to write this book. And the other thing is that, you know, Spelman um, is – a school uh, for girls or for women, young women.
1: So yes, that yes.
0: is another facet that sort of, that shows up in the book where my main character, Deka goes to a school for young women, but instead of being taught excellence, they are taught how to kill people. Oh, kill right, rather.
1: right. Why don't you tell the audience just a little synopsis of the book? Cause I'm talking about how much I love it and I, I didn't want to give too much away. So if you give a synopsis,
0: I will know what, what we can really dig into. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So I always tell people that um this book is basically like if the Dora from Black Panther. We're stuck in the world of the handmaid's tale. Uh super Mm. patriarchal and they said burn everything to the ground. Um the book follows um a young girl, her name is Deka. She lives in this uh extremely patriarchal world where there's a group of women who are considered demons because they're stronger and faster and they bleed gold. And when like real demons sort of enter this world, every, every like the humans are like to these girls, uh fight these demons or die. And so Deka yeah. um decides to do that and goes on an adventure that changes not only her life but the life of sort of everyone around her. And that's the book Yeah.
1: Yeah. That definitely changes everything. Um, you know, it's crazy. There's a lot of movies, films, books now coming out, written by women, mm-hmm. battling the mm-hmm. patriarchy, and in real life, we are battling the patriarchy in this country at a ridiculous mm-hmm. level. Oh, that yeah. you thought, aren't, We're not past that? Are you guys seriously going backwards? What mm-hmm. is the reason? Is it because... People feel they're losing their power, but now they're trying to put the foot back on the neck of women. What is your thought on Um, why we, in certain states, really
0: are really trying to go backwards? Well, um, I think, well, the first thing I will say is denial. Like, America even sort of refuses to use the word femicide, which is something that happens here a lot. Like, Americans, like, in America there's this idea that, oh, um, you know, we've already gone through women's rights, we've already gone through this stuff, everything is okay, ignoring the fact that there is a lot of um, aggression against women in the United States. There's a lot of, you know, women have sort of like, you know, they're, they've gone too big for their breaches, are Uh, you know, they are going to school, like, at higher rates, they have the better job, they have the this, and that. And that's what people think, and there's, like, a resentment to that. And what we're seeing is that backlash. And I think that the other thing that we're seeing is, like, a complacency because people aren't, um, because a lot of people aren't questioning. They're like, oh, we have those rights. Everything is good. Um, The rights are backpedaling. And I think the final thing is um, religion. Because America is very much um, even like informed by quote-unquote Christian values. And so what we are seeing is a result of the idea that a Christian woman should be a certain way. So I think it's like all of these things sort of like um, bundled together that are um, allowing this sort of peeling back of uh, rights that people thought they'd won.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if the world knows, but one in every six American women have been victims of attempted rape. Uh, And, yep, unfortunately, and I'm not a male hater, the aggressors are men. And we have these campaigns, and that's one of the reasons Uh I played the sexual assault uh, PSA, but we have these campaigns Uh trying to teach Uh women how to protect themselves. You know, yes. what to do, where to go, what to carry yes. in your pocketbook, you know. Yeah. But where, where where, are the campaigns? And there are some. Um, there are some uh-huh. campaigns teaching young men at an early age how to
0: respect the other sex. And I think, where, where, and I and think it's even more do. than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's even more than that because, like, so the Gilded Ones is a feminist book, but it is because yeah. um, and when people think feminist, they immediately think man hating. And the thing is, um, the book is not hating towards men because I understand that the other side of what is happening. I mean, I I don't think I don't think it's just you know teach men to respect women. I think the other side of what is happening is that. We live in a patriarchal country, and so for women, the idea is that you are you are submissive, you're this and you're that, but what happens um, with the young boys is that they are basically stripped of their emotions. Little boys are told, oh, yeah, definitely. Cry. Pink is not for you, this, da, 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 and when you strip someone and you refuse them their emotions, of course, they grow up like becoming colder and harder because that's what the society sort of predisposes them to be. And I think that well, that's they're why awarded we have, for like, that. A lot of problems.
1: You, you know, mm-hmm. the, the men are, men are awarded uh, for certain behaviors, the machismo, exactly. the number of women that you slept with, you know, the muscles yes. that you build. And even in that, sometimes it's funny, guys go bodybuilding and they only build the top part and then they have these skinny legs. It's like, yes. hello, yeah. come on, you got to do the whole thing. So, no, it's not just respecting women. No, it is. It's a systemic issue, just like racism. It's a systemic issue that is not just going to be solved by one thing. Um, you know, there's laws that are involved, all types of things that are involved. And I think in your book, you're trying to make it digestible
0: uh-huh. for
1: for young women, you know what I mean, by putting it in this fantasy uh, place But now in this fantasy place, I still feel that, you know, it's very African-oriented. You're from Sierra Leone. Is that what's in the book, your your Temni tribe traditions, or did you use other
0: traditions? Where where did you get the, like, background for the book? Um, So with the Gilded Ones, I actually did a lot of research to see what uh, pre-colonial African civilizations looked like. So I not only used, um, for the language basis, I use my own um tribal language Timonese, for the basis of like all the different words, but for all the different spaces, I used things that I came across in my research because like growing up in Sierra Leone, like, um, my dad was basically an amateur historian, and so I understood okay. that there were all these ma- like there were all these massive civilizations and kingdoms that were amazing. But then when I came here, it was like, oh no, like you know y'all were certain savages who lived in the dirt and like just lived in huts. And I was mm. like, wait a second, yes, you know, so, like some people live in huts. A lot of people live in huts. But first, there's nothing wrong with huts. And second, there was like a lot more than that. So like for instance. Um, In the book, the capital city is called Himyara, and there are Mm -hmm. walls that surround Himyara. And that's actually based on the uh, ancient city of Benin in what is now Nigeria. Um, Benin once had walls that were four times the the ones of the Great Wall of China. Benin's walls Mm. could wrap around um, the United Kingdom, the entire island, like 16 times, you know, and the ruins of it are still there. But most people do not recognize that we had that. Or like another like fact about Benin is like they had street lights. They had a street light system, um, one of the earliest street light systems in the world. This was like in the 14th century, like before Europe was even thinking of that. So it's like it was all of these things. Like when I was looking at all these different, um, these different cultures and nature nations and things of that, that I I did not see represented in like my in, like, the history that I'd learned here, I was like, no, 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 we have to go and we have to put stuff like that in the book so that, you know, people can go back and, like, learn about all these cultures that I did that I was, quite frankly, very fascinated by and, like, geeked out a lot on.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's important and that you are saying this because now people really can be like, oh, okay, so some of this is true. Now, there's also love in the book. You know, love between women in terms of friendship. Um, do you have a best friend in your life? And if so, wh- when did that person become your best friend and how long have you been friends?
0: It is funny because, like, um, I have, um, I have like five really good friends, but like my best friend, Shamira Butts, shout out to you, Shamira, um, <laughs> we met in high school. We met in ninth grade. Um, I was uh, very, very geeky and awkward, and I didn't really talk. Um, and Shamira basically came and pulled me out of my shell because she saw me, like, reading, and she was like, hi, I, I want to be friends. And I was like, who are you, and why are you talking to me? And we've been <laughs> friends ever since. Wow,
1: that's awesome. Now, if you just talked about you like reading, I read somewhere you used to read, like, eight books a week. What I mean, yeah. How many books books do you read now? Because now you're New York Times bestselling. Do you even have time to read books? <laughs>
0: uh, not. I don't read like that anymore because, like, now I'm writing. But what I do uh, still do is every morning I wake up and I will read articles for about an hour. So, like, I will scour the web and read everything, like from the Atlantic to Buzzfeed, and. um mm. And, like, that's just sort of, like, my morning pre- mental practice to get myself in the game. And then my annoying habit is I'll send all my friends articles that I think I'm, like, oh, I read this. I think this is fascinating. And it sounds like something you'd enjoy. <laughs> Here, an article. Good morning right, to right, you. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I still do that. And then, okay, I have to confess, when I'm working, yes. I read a ton of romance novels. <laughs> so I won't, like, I won't tell you what they are uh, because these are, like, my things. But, like, I like Mm -hmm. that's the way that I'm like oh this isn't writing work this is just it has nothing to do with what I write therefore I can enjoy it so I read a ton of romance novels and like that's how I (laughs) like my brain no nothing
1: wrong with that nothing wrong with that now I love the cover of the book it's beautiful cover um and it was done by Johnny Tarajosu am I pronouncing his name
0: correctly uh, yes, he is a phenomenal artist, and he just did such an amazing job.
1: How did you connect with him? Was it from the publisher,
0: or did you know somebody who knew him? or
1: How did you connect with Johnny?
0: Oh, it was the publisher that did it, because, like, I honestly, I had nothing to do with this, um, with the the cover. I mm. originally wanted something that was very dark and ominous, because... Here is a book about like a group of girls who are kicking butt. They're taking names. Um, they are fighting the patriarchy, you know? So I was like, it's going to be grim. And then my editor was like, psh, 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 just simmer down, Amina. I know an artist that is amazing, and I think they have what you are looking for. And she showed me pictures that he'd done, and I was like, hmm, I'm not sure. She's like, psh, 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 be quiet, Namina. Let him do his work. And so she <laughs> did the cover. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, my God. Because, like, one thing that I'd forgotten was that with all this, you know, the grimness and, like, fighting and all this was, like, how young the girls in my book are. You know, these are yes. 15, 16-year-olds going off to battle for their lives because, and, and to, like, basically live in a world that doesn't accept them and doesn't want them. And when I saw this image, I was like, oh, there's Deka. Look at her. She's a child and she is vulnerable and there it was. So that's, I love that yeah. cover. Um, do you think white girls are going to read this book because
1: the cover is a black girl? Oh, do you think yes, their parents they or somebody is going love to read it? it?
0: Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. they read it and they love it. And then they send me Instagram messages. Like the other day I got a thing from this girl in Denmark and she was like, I love it so much. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But yeah, no. Um, A lot of uh, white girls love it because that's the thing is like my world is very multiracial. My world is my, the book assumes that West Africa conquered the world instead of Europe. And so even in the beginning, Deka comes from a place that's basically like England and then goes down to, um, to the middle of West Africa. And that's sort of like her journey from, yeah. So there's, there's all like, Basically, I try to make sure in my books that different races, ethnicities, sexualities, and abilities um, are always sort of included because I remember growing up and never having a book where somebody looked like me, sounded like me. And even if there was a black person, it was always like the sidekick Um, who was comic relief or died at the end, or died first. Mm -hmm. Or died Um, first. I was about to say, died at the end? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I wanted to make sure. mm -hmm. Go ahead. You wanted to make sure? Oh, yeah. So I wanted to make sure when I was writing that I was opening out my arms and including most people as much as I could because I knew what it was like to be on the other side, just being like, somebody represent me, please. I love books. I want to be in, too. hmm hmm
1: Now, it's interesting because, you know, that she's supposed to be a monster, but the cover, she looks so beautiful, and it's like perception of what is beauty, you know, if you think about that, like, in terms of African-Americans, our skin colors, our variations, and our, our body shapes, and, and we come in all different shapes. Like, we're not monolithic, you know what I mean, people... But, in general, on the news you you have this image of like the welfare mom or you know the fear of the black man trying to you know rape or steal something yeah. uh, a- ne- a very negative dark image i mean just um on on so many things that are happening now how How do you think um this will help? For the future, like the future, the generation that's reading it now, what do you think they will do next? Or will they forget this as like, oh, I read that when I was in high school. Do you think it will take it to heart? Um, Will take too
0: hard like, Take the message as, think, like that
1: they're beautiful the, that uh, they're beautiful, that they're strong, that they, it's okay maybe if they're um bisexual or gay, that um, you know, they're tall or short, um, that as you said they have di- different abilities which they do. Um and also that they're resilient because many of them that went through trauma, you know.
0: And that's the thing that the book deals with is trauma. Um and sort of like it like, just the nitty gritty of it. But like, one of the things that I, um, one of the things that I encountered when I was writing this book was every time I wanted to write what is a beautiful woman immediately in my head, I thought a blonde woman, I thought a blonde woman with like blue eyes, duh, duh. and so what I mm. then did, because I realized, oh, that's internalized racism. The most beautiful woman, the woman who is the most beautiful woman in the work- book is like, a dark-skinned queer woman with short hair, you know, and then that's the so other wild. like even woman... you, you were thinking
1: that at, at your age yes, you, were, because... you were still thinking that that the blonde was yeah, the, the, the top, how can... top of the.
0: So that's how you know that's how internalized um, oppression works. It's like these things are so deep. We've been seeing it all our lives. Every time mm-hmm. like I used to I used to work at a place where I had to go through the mall I, used to, I would park at the mall um here in l a and I'd have to go yeah, through yeah. it to get to work and every day that I'd go through it, um this was in like what 2013, every picture that was on that was on the walls was like a white mm-hmm. woman, typically blonde, like you know like pouting her lips seductively. Um and and the mall mm. so I'm talking about is The Grove here in LA, right? And so it was it was awful because every time I'd go and I'd walk around I'd be like there's nobody who looks like me. Maybe I'm ugly. You know? Because this is mm-hmm. what people this is what people find attractive. Now the other day I okay. went to The Grove and Grove again and to my shock like all the advertisements now had um had people of different races ethnicities colors um on these advertisements and like when i looked at that i was like wow the world has actually changed and i feel better for like the people who are growing up now because they don't have to grow up in the world that i grew up in where all that was beauty was a real thin blonde woman like now there's the allowance for different um for different types of beauty but um I try in my book to reinforce that, you know, beauty beauty is different kinds of things. It's different types of things, and it can be you, and it is you. You know, like in my book, like Mm -hmm. I try to, the the message of my book is that only you get to decide who you are. You know, like people always have things that they want to tell you about who you are. And oftentimes when they're trying to tell you stuff like about who you are, it's like, it's, it's usually not the best thing. And so in but this book, I, their I, I stuff.
1: try and, it's their issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's their, it's it's their, their issue that they're projecting onto you. Exactly. Yeah. They're projecting onto you. You know, one of the things I like in the book, um, you talk, the characters, I, I'm giving a little bit away, but they're talking about their virginity and mm-hmm. they, they talk both boys and girls and they talk about how mm-hmm. it's okay if you're a virgin, you know, because, again, talking back yeah. to that male um, persona of, mm-hmm. you know, how many women you slept with and, you know, things of that nature, and if you haven't, then you're mm-hmm. not cool. I was really happy to see that you didn't just focus on the girl's virginity, um, but you also brought out the fact that, you know, guys are virgins, or sometimes they're not, but it's okay. and And as long as I think – they're not forced into the sexual situation, then it's okay. You know what I mean? And I, I really appreciated that because uh, as a social worker, I've dealt with, I had a period where I was dealing with a lot of young guys and, and there was, you know, all types of young guys that were like the macho dudes. I mean, they're, not, they're under 18, but they were macho. And then you had the quiet ones. There was one, one that I knew were uh, either gay or bisexual. Or they did not fit into the regular, you know, Matisse Molaine. And, um, it was, you know, trying to get them to accept themselves. And then, you know, like the groups would gang up on each other. So I'm really happy you had that, um, aspect in there. But now let's get back to this, um, issue, the trauma thing. You know, a lot of young women are, um, sexually abused and they don't have anybody to talk oh. to about it. And they don't know that anybody else is going through it.
0: So that was like the book, like, so in the Gilded Ones, there are no actual depictions of um, rape or sexual violence. And I did that very carefully, like we talk about it, but I did that very carefully because I did not want to re-traumatize anyone. So where I grew up, like, um, Sierra Leone has very high rates of sexual trauma, You know, like the sad fact is that most women in my country are uh, introduced to sex through basically molestation. You know, mm-hmm. but not only mm-hmm. that, um, like I come, like certainly 90 percent of the women have gone through uh, FGM, fem- female genital mutilation. And this is mm-hmm. like, and people will tell it to you and be like, oh, you know, this is what you need to be pure. This is what you need to be a woman. And so like yeah. you know, all the girls are taught that automatically they're taught that their bodies are not their own and that they need to do these things to satisfy everyone around them. And then when I came to America, because that's the thing, it's like here it's always like, oh, there's a problem over there. Um, You know, it's always there's a problem in those African countries, those Middle Eastern countries, those whatever. No, but people do it here here as well. People do it here, people
1: do it in Europe, people do it in Asia. Um, It's it's all over. As a matter of fact, I remember there was a whole uh, argument in France where they were trying mm. to appease... Um, Muslim, certain Muslim um, acts of the FGM, and they were like, oh well, we could we could make it a law
0: that it's okay to take a nick. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, what no but what does also, that mean? Is the country that still doesn't like is still grappling with what is actually the age of sexual consent? Um, and was basically okay with like growing men you know, being with, with little girls. Like there, I don't know if you read um there was like a huge furor in France where this, anyway, sorry, that's aside from the thing, but like, I'm just like, I'm always like France really squint my eye. <laughs> so what are you coming up with next? Is this going to be part of a
1: series or is this the end? And then you're coming up with something different.
0: So The Gilded Ones is a trilogy. Uh, Book two comes out next year um, in May. Um, Mm -hmm. And book three comes out the year after that. Um, And then after that, I have other books coming down the title line. So, you know, yeah. (laughs) When do you
1: sleep then? I mean, you're talking about you wake up in the morning, you read the articles, you send them to your friends, you read your romance novels, and then you start writing for the rest of the day? What's, What's your, like, day look like?
0: Okay, so I'm a, I sleep, I typically sleep very early. That's the secret. Like, usually by 9 o'clock, I am out like a light. Um, okay. I, I wake, um, if, like, if I'm on dead, deadline, I'll wake anywhere from 2 to 4 a.m. to get my work done. Cause, like, I'm, I'm an early mm-hmm. morning writer. I really like it. Like, I really like sort of the silence of early morning because nobody ever bothers you. Nobody's, like, emailing you. Nobody's texting you. So, like, if I'm in, like, a really good sort of situation, um, or like a, a really good sort of routine. I'm waking up super early, writing and doing the bulk of my work before 10 a.m. Wow. Okay. Well, you know,
1: a lot of like millionaires, billionaires. That's one of the secrets. They get up really early. They have a routine. They do the little meditation. They exercise. They they do the same thing you're talking about. Check your emails. Bada bing, bada boom. And and they've done like more in the first like six to ten. A. M. Than the rest of us do from nine to five, um, so that sounds like a good plan. Let me ask you this: If you had a superpower, what would it be?
0: Oh, okay. I this is the one that I love um, because I would definitely like to get the powers of Doctor Strange. I'm like I would like to be able to visit different places and have the ability to survive in them. And by different places, I mean different um, planets, dimensions, all of that. Like. I would love the power to just travel, see everything and be able to survive. Real quick, what if you had a hundred dollars, what would you do with it? If I had a hundred dollars, um, right now I would invest. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> you would invest, you know. I would invest when you leave the house. Yes. Like when you
1: when you leave the house, what has to be in your purse? Or backpack or pocketbook.
0: What can't you leave the house without? Um my cell phone. <laughs> it's my cell soft, soft, soft <laughs> phone. My wallet. It has everything. Like I feel like it's okay. Okay for everybody. But I will also say, my oh my, because like, I take my dog everywhere. Literally, we really? went to the nail salon yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm one of those restaurant? people. I've turned into like. Huh? Yeah, I take her to restaurants. We go. To, hmm. Go ahead. You go where? Yeah. No, we go to restaurants. We go to the beach. We go every. Like this is L.A. Thankfully. So, like, people with, like, little dogs in their purses are not a strange sight. And my little dog <laughs> is with me. And people love her because she's very bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Okay, okay. What kind of dog is she? Oh, she. I call her a multi-poo-poo because uh, her name is Magnificent, by the way, as in the boondocks. And she is a multi-poo-poo <laughs> in that, like, she. her mom's um, a multi-poo and her dad's like a poodle. So she has a lot okay. of food. <laughs> so she's a <an> multitude. <laughs> <So. laughs> in Sierra
1: Leone, what's your favorite food dish that you like? Oh, my God. You can't
0: ask me this question. This is an illegal question okay. because all the food top in Sierra, Sierra Leone is good. Can we say top three? Oh, top three maybe? All right. So top three, I'm going to go with roast beef, cassada leaf, and jollof rice. And I will also plug, out, plug my country and say we have – Well, some of the best food in West Africa, and we have some of the nicest beaches. No, we have the nicest beaches in West Africa. What am I talking about? So people (laughs) will visit, because it's a really nice place. Yes.
1: Well, thank you so much, Namina, for coming on the show today. I really love the book. Like I said, I could not put it down. I was so happy when the the ending part turned the way I thought it was, because I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I can't say what that (laughs) is, because I don't want to give it away. But um, (laughs) thank you again. I I really can't wait to read the rest of the the, the trilogy. And um, thank you uh, for coming, and I hope hope you have a great weekend.
0: And thank you so much for having me, and have an amazing weekend as well.
1: I'm so sorry about the little technical thing. That happens, you know, life, but we reconnected, and um, I'll be able to edit out that little small part there. So no worries, okay?
0: All right. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. You made my morning like fun. All right. Fun.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with New York Times bestselling author, Namina Forna. You want to check out her book, The Gilded Ones. Could not put this book down. I'm going to give away some copies of her book. So you want to follow me on Twitter at Joy JoyKeys. Check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, you can check the show out on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. You can email me at Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. Anytime, 24 hours, it's one of those, you know, like a storefront that's open 24 hours. I may not reply to you at 2 o'clock in the morning, but I will get back to you eventually. Um, thank you again for supporting the show. Um, you can check us out on PayPal Saturdays with Joy Tees. Make a donation to help the show keep going. All right. I hope you guys have a great weekend, and I will talk to you soon. Adopt US Kids presents What to expect when you're expecting a teenager learning the lingo.
0: GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for Greatest of All Time, as in.